0: Ladies and gentlemen, I want to congratulate our own Benjamin Bromley, who won himself a fancy dang pen at an auction. And you guys have no idea how um, how big this was in Black and Red United slack. We were all hanging on every update from Ben on his auction. He was in three different auctions. Is that right,
1: Ben? I was in one auction on three different pens. So... There's a local Richmond auction site that I will not divulge the name of cuz I don't need y'all coming and and, and taking my pens or any you other You already things. got the pen Ben. share.
0: Buzz you wants more get pens. your auction no, site.
1: No. No, I'm not going to. I'm there are, there will be more pens or more other things that I want to get. So no, you will not know the name of this auction site. Um
0: richmondpenauction.com.
1: I mean, it's it's estate sales, and this estate happened to have pens.
0: I choose to believe that it is an auction site dedicated solely to fountain pens.
1: Adam, are you going to make me go on another uh, an instant uh,
2: uh tangent? Pens.org. Uh, <laughs> it's a nonprofit, but it's only so, for it's only for Richmond. <laughs> the country's
1: largest pet online fountain pen retailer is based here in Richmond, Virginia. They employ 40 full-time employees just to sell fountain pens and fountain pen inks.
0: And you, of course, as a true fountain pen connoisseur, make your own inks, correct? No.
1: (laughs) You should. I don't have that amount of time. I I rely on a hermit in the wilds of Massachusetts to make my fountain pen inks for me.
0: I assume he is delightfully eccentric, he is very eccentric. Okay. Probably
1: our friend Jake S knows him, probably. Uh,
0: <laughs> We're going
2: to assume. I'm gonna assume that this man is squeezing cuttlefish for their ink. Uh <laughs> yes, the only way so. that that man has ever figured out how to acquire ink is by squeezing a cuttlefish. Until you said yes, that th- in my
0: head, he was in like western Massachusetts, but now
2: I know he's on Cape Cod. Thank you for that. No, Massachusetts no, no, it's small, you can commute. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's no, not no, to actually make a, that small. Don't, don't drive an hour and a half to your job.
1: <laughs> to make a boring story shorter, uh, I was bidding on a number of pens. It got hot and heavy in the last 30 minutes of the auction. And I came away with one pen at the lowest price uh, that was there on the auction. Uh, one of the pens that I was also looking at went for $80. I I, I did not buy that pen. And these pens normally retail for... These pens normally retail for a hundred to three hundred dollars. The one that went for eighty normally retails at uh uh $300. uh three hundred dollars. When a number of my friends, at, when I told a number of my friends in my real life about this, they were like, "What are these pens made out of? Gold?" And I was like, "Yes, the the the, <laughs> the nibs of these pens are made of gold."
0: I did not know gold made for a good writing implement. Learn something new every day.
1: Yep, it does.
0: Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United and Very Fancy Pen Podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined as always by uh org power user Ben Bromley. And, I need to register uh,
1: that uh URL.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and regular pro pen user Jason Anderson. Yep, we are correct. all from.
1: Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. Jason, what kind of pen do you use when you're writing? Or, uh, I don't uh, and It doesn't to have the to the be camera. a pen. What kind of writing implement do you use? Uh, uh, I actually
2: it, use a type of um, mechanical pencil most of the time, but the pen that is sitting oh, on the table, uh, this is a BIC soft feel, uh, mid. I don't know if that's medium or, or what. Um, I would assume medium. Yeah, but I, like, is there a large? What does that convey? Is it taller? Is it is it thicker? No, it's no, all it about the more ink. It's um, all
0: about the uh,
1: it's all about the writing implement, the nib. Uh,
0: ben, we do not want your actual answers right now.
1: I kind of do. I'm, okay. <laughs> they um, go from extra fine to fine yes. to medium to broad. Okay,
2: okay. So medium. Okay, I'm glad that see Ben has actually given me an answer for what the medium was for. <laughs> it's not not for the things I was thinking of, which were basically just a comically larger and larger pens. Um, but yeah, I, I actually prefer to write, uh, my notes for games with a mechanical pencil, um, that, uh, I get from my job. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is the pen I am using. Um, may what, have what kind of pen do you like, idea. Adam?
1: What, 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 uh, if you had your druthers, what do you write with green ink in what, from what, how uh, a pen, what kind ca-
0: Preferably you one just that have works. Green ink
1: pen. You yes, are,
0: that is what I'm holding right now. A green ink pen.
1: Is that a Pilot that is, G2? Jesus Christ!
3: <laughs>
0: I apologize <laughs> to any religious people out there. I held up a pen and waved it on our video yeah, chat. And he so immediately, bad. like, just like, oh, <laughs> my I know pen, that making model. My pen
2: I held up to the camera very close and had to say what it was? Whereas Adam was just sort of waving his pen around uh, willy nilly, and Ben nailed it. So. um this is now a pen podcast as far as i'm concerned (laughs) i have no idea what is happening anymore
0: i I don't know who ben is like this is i'm the pen guy now yeah he knows pens apparently you've always been the pen guy and you just were holding out on us probably there's no one just like internalizes that's a pilot g2 overnight like that's knowledge you had in there for a while i think
1: sir (laughs) I mean, before I even got into fountain pens, I really liked gel pens. And the Pilot G2 is like the gel pen.
2: Okay. Is good. it a Pilot G2, Adam? Yes. Did you ever take a I, a gel I think pen this 0.7, I assume I mean, that means 7mm
1: nib. It is a 0.7mm nib. 0.
0: 0.7. Yes, obviously not 7mm. That would be very large.
1: And also, like, contrary to anyone's belief, my uh, penmanship is Awful. So, I don't write because I have good penmanship.
0: Bad calligrapher.com. Ben I Brown. don't do any calligraphy. I, I would not even. That's say why you're bad at it, Ben. You should practice. No, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're all from blackandredunited.com where we talk about soccer, not pens. And pens, pens. Um, ben may write about pens in his freedom kicks think this you, week. We'll uh, find out.
1: Maybe my freedom kicks. I don't think you all would let me do it in any other way. I don't know if I'm in a
2: position to stop you. Anyway, Jason is uh, DC United. Uh, if you want to play, write about pens, then I, I don't see what the problem here is. You could probably figure out a way to link it back to one of the teams we cover. I probably could. Yeah. I don't know if it's a writing prompt. SC challenge the accepted.
1: <laughs>
0: We'll ask we'll ask our guest in the second segment if uh if Nashville SC has a nickname and if not, do they want to be the pens? Um, anyway, that's one of the things we're talking about tonight. We're talking about Nashville SC in the second segment because they're an expansion team and we want to talk about them. In the first segment, though, DC United uh played their first preseason game of 2020, and we're gonna talk about that. Before we do anything though, Jason, what are you drinking?
2: Uh I was a little late for the show for uh, a very a variety of reasons, and so when it came time to make a drink, I made the quickest drink I possibly could, which was I grabbed uh, some Pikesville rye and I poured it into a rocks glass. Didn't even add any rocks uh, or cubes of ice or anything else. It's just uh, rye. Is it even a rocks
1: glass if it's
2: if there are no rocks? Yes. I mean, I think that's the glass's formal name.
0: A Tom a, a Tom Collins glass is a Collins glass, whether or not you make a Tom Collins in it. So Rock's glasses are yes. Is it
1: Ben, is what it? are you drinking? Before uh, you
0: break people's ears.
1: Yes, I'm sorry. Um I made a old-fashioned and then I poured Peach LaCroix in it. And Peach LaCroix is one of the better LaCroix because it really actually tastes like peach.
0: Okay, so how is your?
1: It's, it, it's shandy esque, but without the the citrus.
0: It's neither beer nor lemonade. How is it shandy esque?
1: Didn't mean shandy. Misspoke.
2: <laughs> Look, we, we've established that you should never shandy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so you're
0: correct in not going with the shandy descriptor here. Um, yes. Were you saying Ricky esque? I think without that's what, the yes, citrus. That, That is what I'm actually meant. Okay. That, that makes a little more sense, but okay. Well, I hope it's good. Uh, I I like it. I myself have a mezcal margarita made with the only the best top shelf, fresh limes, which is to say fresh limes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) they come from limes, (laughs) (laughs) lime juice. It comes from limes. That's how you know, it's good. Um, yeah, it's good. It's smokier than a, a regular Marg, but uh, I, I was informed at one point today that I should drink a Marg. So I said, I will do that on the show. And so here I am doing that, but with Mezcal. So uh, let's talk preseason soccer that may or may not have happened. I don't believe it. Uh, uh, DC United allegedly played their first preseason game of the decade today uh it's tuesday as we record this they fell three to one to the montreal impact all four of the goals coming maybe after wholesale changes at halftime at least that's what would have happened if i were writing it uh and and describing what had happened
2: uh what reportedly happened yeah what reportedly happened uh, I, I prefer it, to say allegedly if our if our uh, readers are paying attention, you'll note that the recap was tweeted out with the tag, reports DC United loses 3-1 to the Montreal Impact, uh, because um, yeah. that is genuinely what happened. Uh Allegedly. I did to see that game. Uh, there are reports from the Impact, and during the second half from Steve Goff that those things happened, but uh, that's all we can say. We don't have any further knowledge of it. Uh, it yeah, does seem game- like there's some circumstantial evidence that those reports are accurate. A
0: highlights package from the Montreal impact being the key piece of evidence here, Uh, because this game wasn't streamed and uh, for DC United fans, wasn't really tweeted either, uh, especially in the first half. Um, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) From, from those Montreal highlights package, uh, we can kind of piece together what, some parts of the lineup, we know that Earl Edwards played 90 uh, in goal and Chris Seitz will play 90 on Saturday is reportedly the, the plan. Um, we're pretty sure the, the first half lineup uh, had the, the two center backs you think were there, Fred Briant and Steven Birnbaum in, in the middle. And then Chris adouy and O'Neal Fisher on either side. We're pretty sure Russell Kanaus and Felipe were, were out there and that Kamara was up top
2: um look like julian
0: gressel was out on the right yeah Julian. okay uh yeah there's definitely playing
2: yeah and 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 it it, there is a there's a clip in there where you can see um gressel's on the same side as o'neill fisher so um and there's another clip where odo atchum is playing on the left so you you can sort of piece the puzzle pieces together and conclude that gressel was on the right wing
0: but again, we're not totally sure. And we don't know. We, there, there are still some holes in that lineup um, based on the, the highlights package. And, allegedly. And then No, there, there are definitely holes on that. There are allegedly holes. We know some players who were not out there, of course. Uh, Bill Hamid and Paul Ariola are with the U.S. Uh, national team at their, their January camp warming up for a friendly against Costa Rica Speaking of Costa Rica, Ulysses Segura and Joseph Mora are both with them getting ready to play the US. And um news coming out of camp is that uh Junior Moreno is recovering from off-season hernia surgery that nobody knew about until today. <laughs> so
2: yeah, that's and I, I want to say that um at the training session last Tuesday that was open to media, uh he was there, he participated fully. Um there were no There was nothing that he skipped. So um, yeah, that one came really out out of uh, left field. Um, So hopefully this is not
0: like hernia surgery. He just had,
2: right. I'm assuming um,
0: it's something from earlier in the off season. And this is just purely precautionary until he gets that training base up.
1: Adam, why would you assume that?
0: I'm hoping that is the case.
2: Okay. I'll also throw in that um, uh, Kevin Paredes uh, was also out with a foot injury and he didn't appear to have any issues at training either. So that maybe is uh, something more recent um, at least, you know, watching guys play and then also watching them exit the facility. Um, I didn't see anything that said to me, he's got a major foot problem. So it might just be hopefully just precautionary. Um, but uh, yeah, the, these were things that we didn't know about, but I, I you know, unless you're down there uh, there's a lot of stuff you're not going to find out about. Indeed, no one. So, no one flew us down to Florida. It turns out that's what that's what this is really a gripe about.
0: Really, yeah. what we need is someone to fund a filibuster and or Black and Red United trip to Florida every year in February or j- early January, late January, early February. Time is difficult,
2: you guys. Why not all of it?
1: NBC, yeah, all of two different trips. NBCSW should just fly us down there because over us.
2: A six-week—they're invest,
1: investors in Vox Media, so they should just fly a six us down. A six-week
2: vacation to cover the entire preseason uh, in Florida. I guess we'd have to fly back when the team flies back, but that's fine. Uh, we have things to do here too. Um, yeah. But yeah, cover, cover it all. Uh, all of our expenses, and also pay us a handsome salary. Filibuster podcast that you doesn't to. even
1: have to be a doesn't
2: even, <laughs> doesn't even have to be a handsome
1: salary. Just pay us a living wage. I'd prefer a it. handsome salary, but <laughs> I yes. mean I would too. But I, but a living wage <laughs> Why would also are you be good? negotiating against us. Ben, come on, <laughs> whose side are you on? Is there any good negotiations in capitalism?
0: Before we get too far down that <laughs> <laughs> that particular tangent, um, we think DC United was playing a four-two-three-one in this one. Um, I, of course, have been on. My nonsense about DC United playing a Dortmund 2018 esque crazy four or three four two one system, but doesn't seem to be the case at least in this one. I hold out hope that we'll see okay. some crazy can, can, can you get fun into that? tactics. What,
1: what do you want to do with that?
0: What do I want to do with that? Okay, so I want I want another center back first off or two because. You can't have three center backs on the roster and all of them on the field and expect to do anything. Um, but I would say put Gressel at right wing back to start yeah. so that he, cause he will send in crosses. He will get forward. You have to play really, really front foot and press and counter press, which is something I want to see DC United do anyway. And this is just leaning into that. Uh, you have Kamara up top, you have Flores and either Areola or Assad, or Gressel on occasion underneath them. Um,
1: well, I thought Gressel have... wing back.
0: Yes, but on occasion he can play further up because you know he has that versatility. Um, but you you use those front three to press and counter press, and in possession they have the ability to just ball out and go wherever they want. Uh, this formation gives you four players who are whose starting points are in the center of the pitch, which gives you numbers against basically any formation you're going to come up against. Um, Yeah. The, the key is getting the three in the back to, to coordinate with each other and the, you got to have those two defensive midfielders in front of them uh, just hawking the crap out of that midfield and winning everything, uh, which it, didn't happen the last time we played three in the back. So it, it would be a risk and you'd have to work at it. Of course, last time we played three at the back, it was literally thrown, throwing it out there in the middle of the season. If you well, have I a think, preseason to work on it, it could be a little bit better.
1: Well, I think it also requires Ben Olson to really commit to the pressing, uh, the, uh, a pressing formation, which, like we thought he was going to commit to it uh, a, a year or two ago, but I don't think uh, we we're as let's say, convinced let's about say that. Hoped, hoped he would. Uh, uh, rather okay. than thought,
2: you're, you're right.
1: You're right. <laughs> I, I don't think, but like Ben Olsen has not convinced us that a pressing formation is what he wants to do, and he's had, especially in the last year or two, he's had opportunities to do so. And he has Are you going
0: committed. to run an all-out all pressing system with 34-year-old Wayne Rooney? At the point that you're already grinding into the ground.
1: You could have left him up top and everybody else could have done so.
0: No, you if you're pressing, you need your forward to press. Otherwise, the whole thing falls apart.
1: I, I do not agree with you.
0: If if you're giving their center backs time while you're pressing everywhere else on the field, you're just running yourself into the ground and they're holding the or, ball without any right, pressing. You could ball. leave him
1: up there with their center backs.
0: Right, but he's not gonna chase them. And he drops into midfield anyway. Like he spent so much time in the center circle last year. It, it just I, I right. understand it's a, it's a coping he,
1: issue.
0: I mean, that's what Rooney does. He's not a guy who stays in the box all the time. I and mean, he he wasn't
2: well before he uh, got I, here. Uh, what I what I can tell you guys is that um, Olson brought up um, counter pressing uh, in one of our chats during before they left for Florida. One of the media chats he had, um, he brought that up. The team is faster now, um, not just because it's Kamara over Rooney and not even because it's it's Flores over Acosta, but also you've got Gressel, you've got Assad, um, you've got guys underneath that will be faster. You know, um, Right now, the right back picture looks like O'Neill Fisher or Chris Odoyatsum, who are both much faster than Leo Hara. Um, if you've got right back shored up, you can move Canals back to the midfield, then you've got a faster player uh, in the midfield than you had with Moreno and Felipe. So... Um, All of this, uh, all of this really, at least for me and probably for the way Olsen sees the game, it it hinges on speed that that the couple seconds you need to get that pressure on the ball. It really isn't something that um, if you're not fast, you have to be so far ahead mentally that it becomes really difficult to keep doing it. Um, And the team is faster this year. So right now um, and granted, you know, we talked to him on the second day of training and the fourth day of training um right now the idea i think the hope is that they want to be able to play higher up but they also want to take this first stint in florida to sort of figure out whether they can do that or not um and if they can't then they're going to establish a different way of playing but i think the second florida camp that one's supposed to be the one where it's like we know what we're going to be and now we're going to really hammer that home so this is sort of the Let's see if this new plan can work. And if not, we have other ideas um, because even if this becomes a mid block or a low block team, that additional speed means they can hit on the counter in a way that they couldn't last year. Um, if DC had to sit deep and wanted to break out on the counter is pretty much Paul Ariola running in behind and, and having to, you know, someone had to hit a home run ball to him um, because no one else really had that speed to threaten. Um, and now all of a sudden, you have a front four where everyone can threaten. So um, they've changed, they've changed their options. They've increased the way they can go about things. Uh, whether that, I mean, I still think they need to find a way to implement a higher pressing system on a regular basis. Um, but if they can't figure out a way to make it work, at least it's not like, you know, last year when to look at a different fast of the game, when their style of attacking stopped working, when, when the, um, getting guys close together to combine and then break teams down that way. When that stopped working, DC didn't have anywhere to go because they didn't have players that could do something else. Now they have players that can do a bunch of different stuff. And so um, I don't know if the raw talent level of the team has increased, but I think the um, the profile of the players is diverse enough now where there are more options available and that makes the roster better at this point than it was last year, in my opinion.
0: Uh, going back down to Florida, uh, young guys came in in the second half. I think Olson said there were something like six academy guys out there during the second half. You also had Donovan cool. Pines, uh, the, the third center back on the team out there. Um, that's when the goals were given up, but we also saw draft pick, um, God, why am I, I should have written his name down, um, Fawole, whose first name is this Josh, Josh. Faole. Um, scored a, a goal to, to make it three to one uh, good for him uh, in, in his efforts to win a contract. Um, I don't know what else we can really glean from it for the broader.
2: But we, I, I don't think the highlight video actually showed uh, DC's goal at all. No. Um, so <laughs> because it was a Montreal video, it
0: was and, uh, and
2: Montreal's tweets. Um, and I can't blame them for this because they're focused on covering their team. Uh, Montreal's tweet about the goal was just, and I'm translating with my, uh, incredibly deep knowledge of the French language, uh, goal DC United 86, uh, indicating that it was the 86th minute. Um, that's all they had to say. Um, Steve Goff
0: reporting. It was Joshua Wally, by the
2: way. So, um, yeah, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't even know who scored. Um, which I will say when I look back at my notes, uh, from last year, DC's, Opening uh, goal of the season was another forward who was picked in the uh, the later rounds of the draft. It was Shinya Kadono, and in that occasion, we didn't even have a specific minute. We just knew it was sometime around the f- before the hour mark, but a few minutes into the half, you could kind of say maybe somewhere in the fifties. But that was it. Um, so <laughs> in this sucks. one,
1: it's terrible. In this one
2: narrow instance, we have more spe- specificity than last year. It's just in all the other ways, we have very little.
0: Well, last year, Flow Sports was supposed to be in charge of broadcasting preseason and many other things. Obviously, that didn't work out. The team left the deal uh, with with a game left in the regular season, uh, choosing to broadcast or stream the game themselves. Uh, Why have you we, spoken
1: that evil name?
0: Uh, because it gives me a transition, Ben, and you know me—I'm all about segues, and I had one going so well. So really, well. I thought
1: you. I thought you I mean, I was, I was gonna. I was gonna just. Uh, blow that up and
2: i was going to continue doing things, damage with but... adam segway by making a joke about segways the device um because adam so has did, a bike did, did adam just like, segway. like he has
0: a bike, I've seen the bike. To his death. there's so many things happening right it's now one of those
2: bikes that it's not like a, it's not like a moped but it's got a motor in it to to help uh it's, what an, it's, an, e, it's an
0: e-cargo bike it's an electric yes, cargo bike
2: um yes, it's not a segue. Um I, I would no. be surprised if Adam had both that bike and a Segway. It would be very strange to me.
0: I am not a if you uh, want to buy
2: Adam a Segway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am not a gazillionaire in the late aughts, so I do not have a Segway. I am also not the uh proprietor of a Segway Tours company, so I do not have a Segway. Those are the two groups oh. that have Segways, as far as I can tell.
2: Folks, if you why, want, why us aren't to you do doing
1: wait,
0: show wait. on
2: segways? You'll have to donate well, us three segways. <laughs>
1: well, why aren't true. you doing segway tours of your neighborhood of the District of Columbia?
0: No comment. <laughs> Coward. Uh, that, mostly because it wouldn't be safe. Because drivers Adam, here are terrible in my neighborhood. Adam, like, they, and they're not even action. from my neighborhood. They're through my neighborhood. <laughs> And they would run over a Segway driver on or a Segway rider on purpose, and I'm not going to take that kind of I liability, mean, Ben. I,
1: I've I've I'm been not to getting your neighbor- sued over that. I've been to your neighborhood, and you're, you are correct. <laughs> Drivers are jerks in your neighborhood.
0: Oh man. Uh, anyway, back to uh, TV and the Segway that has since been <laughs>
1: long murdered. Mike um, DC United in this first preseason game ouch That's i mean yeah harsh. three to one come on it was, it was against academy the second players
2: half did not go well um, they don't I mean,
1: deserve and montreal Adam, in the second Adam, half was deserve- playing romel kyoto like, they don't deserve any consideration for this kyoto versus academy kids a guy who just they, transferred they don't back it. from
0: barca b against academy kids Adam, i can Adam, i can live with that
1: they don't deserve
0: and it they've been in camp for twice as long as dc united at this point if not more
1: okay yeah
0: Whatever. Uh, it's a preseason game. Uh, anyway, DC United appears to be narrowing down uh, the options for their uh, their TV deal this season. It sounds like NBC Sports Washington <sighs> is, is probably where the TV rights are going to be. They do have a streaming app. Presumably DC United would be on that or on Monumentals uh, app. That's the company owned by uh, Ted Leonsis that is related to the Wizards and Caps. 50% owns and 50% owned by NBC Sports Washington. Um there's a lot of ties there. So there's a couple of potential streaming options. NBC uh networks that owns most of NBC Sports Washington also owns Telemundo 44 Ash. i am Atwood. a Okay, half. Uh but they do own Telemundo 44. Uh, And I'm a strong, strong advocate for games being broadcast there in Spanish. It needs to happen, especially Um, if the the team is actually investing in developing the Spanish language audience, the the immigrant audience. It needs to happen. It would be great. uh, It wouldn't surprise me if they actually got more viewers on Telemundo than they do on NBC Sports Washington if they're happening at the same time.
1: Adam, remember when you thought all of this, uh, when uh, WJLA uh, happened and you you wanted it to be on sub networks or over the air networks and then DC United crushed your dreams? They they
0: did. And that's why
1: I'm not saying that it's
0: likely. I'm saying I'm advocating for it. I mean, uh, yes. saying this is what should happen. And I agree. I, I-,
1: I agree that it should happen. I agree with you there. I don't think it will.
0: No, probably not, but I can hope. They were also going to it's gonna have be... a Spanish-language feed on Flow last year, and that never, ever happened. Well, yes.
1: And I think it's going to be like – y'all both live in the uh, D.C. area, and that's the primary area. And so th- obviously the team should most concentrate on that. But for me not living in the direct D.C. area, I think it's going to be not great for us and – so NBC I, Sports I, Washington not great for you? Yes. Why is that? Uh for cord cutters, it's, it's just it's like we don't get it. Uh, I mean, and I mean I if I if I subscribe to a cable network, I might be able to get it. But down here it's a it's a it's a toss up whether or not we get NBC Sports Washington or not.
0: So are you considered in market for oh, yes. ESPN plus in,
1: purposes?
2: Yes, we are. That is maybe that's the weird part because Richmond is two full hours from DC, but we've Um, always been like for
1: any, no, I'm not saying.
2: Yeah. It just, for any
1: market that DC United has ever, any partner that DC United has ever worked with, Richmond is always in market. And like, uh, this is a very big aside, but, uh, like for the Orioles, for example, which my wife loves, uh, We've never been able to watch the Orioles because uh Madison is just not something we have uh the ability to subscribe to, but Richmond is still in there. network. Well, major League Baseball has crazy yeah, market definitions talk about yeah, major league but, baseball. Right, but I mean it's MLS <laughs> is not doing much better for, for people right. outside of the six like sixty miles outside of DC, it's it's not much better. And like like I said, for all, most of our listeners, y'all be fine, and and NBC SW will be fine for you. But if you're a cord cutter, it it may not be.
0: I think I've heard that they are on YouTube TV. If people subscribe to that or Hulu that's Plus, fifth, that's fifty
1: five bucks a month.
0: Yeah, that's that's. That 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 takes you back to why are you cutting? Why are you doing yeah, that? You're, 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 yeah, uh, what you're about basically Hulu?
1: Having another uh, Hulu is a, a similar price.
0: Hulu, Hulu Plus Live, Live TV. TV. Yeah, yeah, it's it's they, a similar price. Have, um, so,
1: like at that point, like it, all of that is, you might as well be subscribing to TV service at that point.
0: Right, which if you want and to watch live the, TV, I can see why you would need to subscribe to TV right. service.
1: And who knows? Maybe they'll do. Maybe they'll partner with Monumental that Ted Leonsis also owns, and uh, maybe we can all just subscribe to Monumental and get live uh, coverage there. That, right. That's or, or they, I mean,
2: means. they could also find just a um a streaming portal that I mean, if if Flow could figure out a way to change their price depending on whether you're a season ticket holder or not. Uh, when they could not really accomplish much else, then surely a larger organization might be able to also to do something similar. Um, I don't know how that would work, but there's gotta be a workaround to this problem um, that doesn't involve people having to pay 50 something dollars a month to get a full slate of things when they really just wanted the one thing. Um, that I, um, workaround might be VPNning uh, VPNing, um, uh, which we, I, we, I'm we, not telling we're... you to do. Uh, I don't but, think we're, we should.
1: I don't think we should talk about that, really. Even though if that might be my solution, I don't think we should talk about that on this podcast.
2: I, I, I mean, I don't know if we should dedicate ten minutes of the show to uh, the price points of various. Uh, uh, Fair streaming, services. yeah, but
0: that that's in the past now. I am now changing the subject to something that is indisputably happy, and that is the fact that Gabriel Gomez, son of DC United legend Christian Gomez, has signed with Loudoun United FC, and twenty-two-year-old midfielder literally played with his dad at Nueva Chicago in Argentina, um, and he's back in the DC United family, and that's that's really cool. I don't know if anything more is going to come to it. I don't know if he's going to move up to the first team or anything. And I, I'm not really pinning any hopes on that. This is just cool for what it is.
2: I mean, it's what Loudon's for um, is signing young players who um, in this case, using one of the international spots, um, someone who's played some in Argentina. It's not like (laughs) he's just a guy who is getting to train. Um, So, you know we'll we'll see some of the loudon internationals uh worked out they brought back a couple of them uh some of them didn't really i mean orlando Sinclair played a ton but then they opted not to bring him back so who knows um but what, you know at, he's 22 um probably my understanding is that he's more of a number 10 than anything else um so we'll see uh ryan martin gives gave just about everyone on that roster an opportunity at some point to um, show out. And if, if he gets on the field and does the job, then he'll get to keep playing. And um, with his history, with the team, um, with the Gomez family's history with DC United um, it's, it's a big positive. I think, I think we should be seeing um, obviously, you know, it depends on those players, those players from the past, having uh, a son that is a, a professional soccer player, um, to begin with, but you know, when the opportunity arises, it's it's a cool thing to see. You know, when you think of some of the other teams, um uh FC Dallas, for example, has Jesus Ferreira, who is David Ferreira's son, and he's now a crucial part of their lineup. Um this might take a little longer, um, but you know, why not? Uh, why not give him a shot if, if he's up to the grade, then um it's a nice little link to history and hopefully it 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 isn't just a one off. It hopefully it extends.
0: Yeah, we did have Ian Harks obviously for for a time as a homegrown player here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now playing in Scotland, uh, but yeah, any excuse to think about Christian Gomez is also uh, incredibly appreciated by me because Christian Gomez was fun, and the fact that he was playing professional soccer until he was what forty five, forty four. He retired last year, and right. um. Yeah, he's, it's, it's a great story and, and I'm here for it. Uh, unless you guys have anything else to add, we're going to call that a segment and we'll be right back to talk some, uh, Nashville hot chicken soccer or something. Stick around. It's filibuster. All right. Say you're at work and, uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to, uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right?
1: Yeah, you called the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights.
0: That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, if you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to, to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a, a non-compete clause or, or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the Ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to com slash filibuster welcome back to filibuster the black and red united podcast as you may have heard mls is expanding this year nashville mm-hmm. miami both coming into the league and we uh on this show historically have liked to check in with uh friends of ours that that rep those uh those expansion teams before the season starts to kind of figure out where they are where they think they're going and then we can rub their faces in it later in the season um one way or another. And, uh, tonight we're going to, to get a little taste of hot chicken from, uh, Clay Trainum, Who's down there in Tennessee. He hosts the pharmaceutical soccer podcast focused on Nashville SC. And he joins us now. He also happens to be my real life cousin. Clay, welcome to the
3: show. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Accidentally a mountain dew zero sugar. And, uh, it's, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> so it sounds uh, like it, something
1: I would be drinking in two thousand
3: three. Well, I thought it just was a different they just did a different rap on it, and I was sitting down here and I was like, This tastes weird. It's zero sugar, so that's what that's what we're doing now. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: You know, you get older, you gotta cut back somewhere. Um, in some the of last us can segment, only be
3: so sweet, Adam.
0: Oh, Clay. Uh in the last in the last segment, uh, I, I mentioned that that I don't actually know what Nashville SC's nickname might be going into the season. So, I I'm curious, are there their nicknames other than NSC floating around out there?
3: Uh the the go-to one which is doesn't quite work with with our colors, but you know it is what it is is uh boys and gold, which is what they went by when they were back in the olden days when they were a fan owned club that popped up in the the second year. And, uh, they, uh, they've been the boys in gold ever since. Okay. Uh,
0: so, so you've been deep into NSC since they, they came up to USL, um, after the fan owned days and you traveled 24,000 miles in the last two years following the, the team. How are you feeling now on the eve of, their, their MLS debut.
3: Well, we were talking about this the other day. It it feels like, you know, this, this started two years ago to, to now only be a month away because before the USL team even started playing the mood, like the, the work to move into MLS had already started. So before there'd been one game played in USL, I'd already sat through Lord knows how many hours of council meetings uh, in the move towards the in the move towards trying to get the MLS bid together so like now getting into like this last month before it starts it feels like we can finally you know start to enjoy this um, but there's a lot I mean there's a lot of work that we got to put in over these first few years especially in trying to build the culture and and getting everybody. You know, excited for it. And we're going to be in Nissan Stadium, which is huge uh, to try and get things going so that we can get into our own place, which is what this all really started with in those council meetings. So uh, I'm very, very excited to get to February 29th. I'm, I cannot wait, uh, but I'm more excited looking at the longer window of like the build to get to here is done. Now it's ready to like kind of establish the club.
1: So clay, I'm not, I'm not trying to yuck your yum, but y'all's head coach is Gary Smith and he has a reputation in MLS. I know he's,
3: uh, won an MLS cup, I guess. Well, so you're going to talk about him being defensive. I'd imagine. I'm
1: going to talk about Route him being terrible. the phrase that comes. To no, mind. no, I'm going to talk about him being terrible.
3: <laughs> well, a lot of people, a lot of, so here's what I would say. The first year, there are some moments where it wasn't the easiest thing to watch. Uh, in USL, we had a middle of the pack, um, sort of wage spin, things like that. Things that aren't necessarily true going into MLS. And then last year it was actually very enjoyable. They were one of the best teams in the league, um, but I do feel like he's gotten a bit of a bad rap. It's not, uh, but it's do you think he can translate it to, back to MLS? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I feel like his MLS days have gotten a bit of a bad rap because it was like the I said, worst season. The 2010
1: was the game. worst season in MLS.
3: 2010. Okay, let me just let me just let's talk about 2010. <laughs> Let's talk about 2010. Let's not, but okay, go ahead. So how many goals do you – where do you think they were in goals scored in Colorado? Just curious. In Colorado? I don't care. In 2010. They scored one less goal than Edson Buttle, Landon Donovan, and the David Beckham Galaxy, which was first in the league. So I'm not saying that they had the most watchable soccer in the world, but there's a lot of people that will – that'll be down to watch a lot of goals get scored and i do Play, think, do you like, think that, I stories go ahead do you think that 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 their
0: style because they they had a reputation as kind of a a long ball knock it down old school english i mean gary smith team do you think that's repeatable in in mls that- in 2020
3: I understand that argument, but I also think that it's more about being pragmatic than it is necessarily about style that Gary saw that this style worked and his players were Omar Cummings and Connor Casey. Part of the reason he left in 2011 was arguments over getting players into Colorado, um, which Adam, as an Arsenal fan, you can understand with the ownership. So like, I do think that, There are questions that Gary Smith has, but I do think you go back and look at what he accomplished with what he had in Colorado. I mean, he had, what, three winning seasons, or one was 10, 10, and 10. Fair enough. So he had two winning seasons. Each of those years, I mean, the first year, they were fourth in the league in goals scored. That year, they won MLS Cup. They were second. And the last year, they were middle of the pack, but they only had four fewer than the Beckham, Donovan, Keene, McGee Galaxy team that did the double. So, I mean, like, he found a way to get results, to get into the playoffs and try and do stuff. And truthfully, that's what being an expansion team is about. Like, it's about finding the way to not be FC Cincinnati or (laughs) Minnesota United. I mean, Um, fair. Yes. To maybe a lesser extent because Orlando was a little bit better their first year, but Uh, being an expansion team is also about
0: not declining every single year of your existence
3: well yeah that's true but if you come (laughs) out in your first year in Nashville playing in a 70,000 seat stadium and
0: give up 70
3: goals it's going to be be rough.
1: we we just hate Orlando here that's all
3: I think that's a fairly common sentiment I've discovered from around the league
1: sure is yeah (laughs) We,
3: um, we tend to hate Cincinnati um, No disrespect and I mean, then, uh, No disrespect, I, 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 just hate the,
1: the last time I lived there Was <laughs> over a decade ago I do now, like Skyline so <laughs> I love Skyline I do not
2: <laughs> Yeah, you're from We're, Indiana, so go this away Another one of We're our side
1: tracks.
2: Uh, This is, you is you a common thing way. for us The, um, the chilling Riverboat gambling We're hitting all the notes tonight <laughs> For those of you who you, you
0: guys weren't able to hear the in-depth conversation on Indiana riverboat casinos that, that occurred before we started recording this segment.
3: Most and, of them and one of, those, of course, I got to check off the boxes for the Nashville listeners was in Evansville, Indiana. Just so you guys know. <laughs> um,
2: well, Clay, since we're talking about Gary Smith's approach of the past, um, Looking at the roster, you've got a lot of guys that have played MLS soccer before and not just, you know, a year. They've got quite a bit of experience. Um, what are you expecting them? to? What are you expecting Nashville to look like come the start of the year?
3: Well, I think that for the most part, the roster build is is kind of set going into the year. I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if there's another big name signing. Uh, I'm not necessarily expecting that. There were some people that were talked about uh, before the season started. There's a little bit – There's I do – one of the things I really like, and um, you got to give some credit to former University of Evansville head coach Mike Jacobs, the general manager and technical director for uh, Nashville SC. Um, he's given there's himself a, a lot of, of Indiana after, props after the year
1: starts. podcast.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's given himself a lot of freedom after the year starts. So there's, they technically right now have one designated player. I imagine that when the season starts, that'll be two because Randall Leal is technically, um, above those wages and they can buy him down. Um, what could happen is they, if they go in with two, they can buy him down and have the freedom to sign two more in the summer window, which they think they can get better, value um value has been a big talking point with nsc over the last few years and then um so there's a lot of freedom there i think that looking at the mls guys i mean you could do worse than having a midfield of godoy and and dax mccarty uh those are two guys that it's hard imagining them on a squad that isn't at least a little bit competitive although Mm -hmm. dax of course comes from chicago and There's a bunch of stuff going on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to really put a lot of blame on him for things going on in Chicago. Um, As Adam would know, but uh, nobody else really would, I guess I, I spent several years watching Chicago be terrible uh, Mm -hmm. before moving back down here. So um, (laughs) they, and adopting kind of Nashville. And I'm sure that's a story that's similar with a lot of MLS people in expansion cities, but I mean, it's it's hard to blame Dax for Chicago, and they still had you know uh, one pretty decent se- season with him there. But I'm I love Dax, so I'm hoping that he can keep it rolling.
2: Uh, you know, looking through the rest of the team, you mentioned um, Randall Leal, um, the the designated player that's actually clearly a designated player at this stage is Honey uh, Mukhtar. Um, how do you expect those two guys to do in MLS? I know that. It's sort of a a crapshoot trying to predict exactly how guys with no MLS experience will do when they get here. But um, what is what is your expectation at this stage, you know, a week or so into the preseason?
3: Yeah, I I would hope that the one that transitions the easiest would be Leal. He's been playing with Saprissa for a few years. He's got, uh, I think, 23. with, uh, the Costa Rican national team, which means he's playing around guys that have played in MLS and are currently playing in MLS. He would have played against MLS guys in, um, champions League. So priest is usually there for a little while. And then, um, uh, so I'm, I think he's the one that is best suited to immediately sort of lay down, but he is a young guy. He's 22. So there could be, you know, some growing pains there. Mukhtar is the interesting one. I mean, we've seen guys come over from Europe and not be particularly successful in MLS, but he's coming for with sort of a German pedigree. Uh, he was with Hertha Berlin. Uh, he's had, at times, really good seasons uh, in Denmark uh, with Brumby. He was a guy that Seattle had lined up to be a Dempsey replacement at one point. Um, so Nashville actually had to buy his, you know, the discovery rights or whatever from Seattle in order to sign him as a designated player. Um, so he's a guy who, uh, who they, that was rated pretty highly at one point. I think he was a former Danish player of the year in that league. So it's a guy that you would expect to transition particularly well, but I mean, we saw it the first year in USL that first few months. Like you don't really know until you get out there and start playing. There were guys that were regular starters at the first part of the USL season in uh, 2018 that were basically completely out of the rotation uh, two months into the year. So I, I would anticipate that happening with a few players. I mean, it's only natural. Uh, but my hope is that with the amount of MLS experience, a couple of you know, shrewd signings in terms of international guys, Uh, One of the international guys we haven't talked about is Miguel Mazarit. That's a guy that I know they rate highly behind the scenes. He's a young guy. He's played with the Colombian national team uh, at the youth levels. Uh, That's a guy that they have a lot of high hopes for. Uh, So I'm really interested in seeing him as well.
0: So Clay, uh, prediction right now going into the season, does Nashville SC make the playoffs?
3: Truthfully, with, if the roster stays as is, I think it's tough. I do think that they'll be in contention on the other side of the summer, but I think that without some sort of other signings to kind of bolster the roster, it, it's a tough ask. If y'all just beat Orlando, that's all I care about. But we only do you guys even once. play
0: Orlando? Yeah.
3: We only play them once. There's only three teams we don't play. Uh New York Red Bulls. I'm sorry, the Metro Stars. I'm sure that's <laughs> what you prefer to call them. And then uh Montreal and uh, Chicago, unfortunately.
0: Oh, that would have been fun. That's a that's weird because that's an easy trip. And
3: also that's well, a lot of teams I
1: dislike.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're in the West. It's it's I'm traveling much less this year than I had the previous two years, but I'm probably going to have a similar amount of miles. (laughs) Like it's Um, hard in the West. man.
2: Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's a bizarre situation to say the least that MLS has ended up with a team that's in Nashville, Tennessee, that is in the West. Um, it doesn't really, probably
3: in the West next year too.
2: Yeah.
0: Unless Um, they go to a central division again.
3: Adam, they won't.
0: I have my hobby horses, Ben.
3: (laughs) What do I? I go They're to Central. Pens. I want to see some of those like crazy jerseys from back in the day.
2: <laughs> well, uh, Clay, I guess my last uh, my last question is: um, you're coming into the league with Miami, and because Miami is Miami, and because of David Beckham and all this other stuff, um, they get a lot more of the attention. You know, a lot more of the the coverage as far as expansion goes has talked all about Miami. I feel like I see something pertaining to them every other day, even when it's not really news. It's just something, you know, David Beckham said hi. And so everyone has talked about it. Meanwhile, I feel like if I don't dig to find out what's going on with Nashville, I don't hear about it. Is that, is that maybe the vibe that you're getting among the fan base? Is that maybe creating Uh,
3: something there that
2: might sort of define the culture of the team going forward.
3: Yeah. I mean, this is Nashville as a sports city is a city that's used to not getting national headlines. I mean, Mm. all you have to do is look at the Titans. Um, you know, Nashville SC is going to be sharing a facility with them. Titans have had a winning season, like four years in a row. They've made the playoffs a few times. And every time that they, you know, beat a good team, people act like it happened on accident. And I, I mean, and it's sort of easy to look at that as like, well, they've been winning for four years and a lot of teams haven't been doing it. That now has them basically is probably somewhere in the USL archives. But I have a PDF of every single story that was ever on, the Nashville SC USL website right here on the same computer that we're podcasting from. And so it's it a matter up, of 20 minutes. Well, yeah, Clay,
1: black, back back it up because the USL's oh, website
3: yeah. is terrible and they do not back up oh, yeah. anything whatsoever. Oh yeah. It's it's on my laptop and on a Dropbox. We've got it. You We've should, you it should in a few places.
1: Clay, Clay, put it on the internet archive, please. <laughs>
3: okay i'm I'm an
1: archivist by trade so please please this is going
2: to speak to ben soul uh he needs this um yeah well yeah well this is a common problem in american soccer right we have like old mls stuff is hard to find um yeah
3: and for me the metros the metros were around for so long mm -hmm. and they actually had a fairly um good website Uh, and so I've get, I've been getting some small paper stuff here and there. I went down to the, uh, USL league office when Nashville played at Tampa last year and I got scans of, uh, all kinds of stuff from every media guide they had, but wildly enough in the USL league office, there was one season that they have nothing for. (laughs) They don't have the media guide for that season. And like, I'm not sure where it is. I'm sure that they've got some file case somewhere that has this stuff, but like it's hard to find like seasons when these teams played, who were on these teams. Um, One of the coolest things I found uh, doing some of this research is there was a guy who played for the Nashville diamonds and the metros. And I think he's a youth soccer coach in Charlotte now, but he played in African cup of nations games and, world cup qualifiers, uh, (laughs) but he played on, you know, these teams whenever he moved to the U S and, uh, like, that's a cool story that people should know. And whenever, you know, Nashville signs somebody that plays for a Nigerian national team, you can say, Hey, this is the second Nigerian national team player that we've had here in Nashville. And it wouldn't be known about if we didn't put this somewhere. So that's kind Mm. of the idea behind it.
0: Well, I'm here for it, Clay, and uh, I I hope Nashville does really well for you uh, this year. Why don't you tell our listeners
3: where they can find you online? Well, first off, you got to go to the Pharmaceutical Soccer Podcast. That has nothing to do with the medical industry whatsoever. Um, It's a very nonsensical title. Um, Even if I told you what it meant, it wouldn't make sense. Um, But you can find Pharma Soccer on uh, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you listen to your podcast. It's not a very serious um, podcast, but it's uh, a few of my buddies. Um, I would also recommend for Nashville news checking out ClubCountryUSA.com. One of my co-hosts runs that. As far as I'm concerned, the most complete coverage of Nashville, SC that's out there. He's the only guy who's been covering it since day one. So Tim Sullivan, gotta gotta check him out. For me, I'm at Clay soul on Twitter and NashvilleSoccerArchive.com on the web.
0: Find us, of course, at Filibuster DCU for the podcast, at Black and Red U for the, uh, the website on Twitter, blackandredunited.com, patreon.com slash filibuster. If you want to support us financially, send your emails, uh, I- including sponsorship inquiries, or if you want to send us segues and just need our addresses, send those to – won't. or fountain pens you can't write a fountain pen, but you can, you can write with it, I guess Uh filibuster at gmail.com is where to send as those someone, emails.
3: As someone drinking a mountain dew zero sugar, send fountain drinks to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> just say, just, just address them to clay Murfreesboro, Tennessee at
0: Tennessee.com. It'll sort Tennessee. <laughs> it, itself. Yeah. Uh, download rate review subscribe wherever you get your podcasts mostly tell a friend about the show tell them about pharmaceutical soccer while you're at it for jason and ben and thanking clay for joining us i'm adam and we'll talk to you again real soon say
2: goodbye jason i don't think i would be the first person to filibuster to crash if we ever do record an episode while riding segues it'd be adam it'd be ben